Hello, and welcome to Must Love Food. Today we have an interview with Sean Wilson, a three-time James Beard Award semifinalist. He's also served in the Coast Guard, cooked in restaurants on the East and West Coast, and owned a restaurant here in Des Moines called Proof. Now he's the Director of Culinary Operations for the Justice League of Food. We'll talk to him about his varied experiences in the food industry. Next, we'll chat about Chinese New Year, which is fast approaching, and give you some menu options that you can make at home. After that, Haley opened her fridge for us, and we're going to play Let's Make a Meal. Lastly, Sean will join us again at the end with Haley to play a round of trivia where John stumped the experts yet again. Enjoy the show. We want to connect with you. Follow Cuisine at Home on Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for recipe inspiration, cooking tips and techniques, behind-the-scenes action, and cooking videos. You can also subscribe to our free newsletter at cuisineathome.com newsletter. Hello, everybody. We have Chef Sean Wilson here on Must Love Food today. We're going to have a little conversation with him. Welcome, Sean. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Great. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. So why don't you tell us a little about your background, like you're, where you're originally from? Well, I'm a, lots of different places. Okay. So um, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. I lived there for probably until 10-ish. And then we moved to uh, uh, North Carolina. The Outer Banks of North Carolina. So I would say uh, my formative years, if you will, there. Um, went to school there, went to college in North Carolina, and then moved around a lot, joined the military, got out of that. And while transitioning of getting out of the military, I didn't know what I really wanted to do. Next thing I know, I started knocking on doors in Boston, and I became a prep cook. And within a year and a half, I was the executive sous chef of Bonfire, which was a... Um, Todd English property at the Park Plaza. So, because I didn't have anything else to do, I mean, I self-absorbed just into work. Uh, from there, that's I decided to. I was already a sous chef at one of the largest hotels in the country, and then decided to go to culinary school afterwards. Okay, uh, that see, I didn't know that about you. Uh, so, you got into food at that that part of your life. It I mean, was, was I, it always where, been a part where I grew up? I mean. Food was really important to my family. Um, it was the catalyst that brought everybody together type thing. But where I grew up, there, resort town, there's only so much you can do. You either fish, did construction, worked in restaurants, or joined the Coast Guard. And I've done all four of those. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but I always came back. Even when I was in college, I was still cooking. That's how mm-hmm. I paid my way. And then I was like, oh, let me grow up and not do this job anymore. And then... I think it took like a seven, I call it a seven year sabbatical. And then I was like, I'm going to do this for full time now. So you said you've always been around food. I, I mean, obviously we all have families and we're around food, but what kind of food did you, were you around? Were you exposed to? Uh, most of the stuff I was exposed to was Filipino, Italian, and Southern. So um, my mom's side of the family uh, was immigrants. So my grandfather was Filipino. My grandmother was Italian. It was very different. Um, and then growing up in North Carolina. So you had that <laughs> everything aspect. There. So those are the Great. three things that I kind of really gravitate toward. So do you have a f- like first food memory where you're like, oh, I really, I really like this? Lumpia. Really? So I remember having, it's a Filipino egg roll. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, obviously you eat food all the time growing up, but I think I was, I don't, I actually don't remember how old I was, but I just remember taking a bite of lumpy and going, you know what? I like these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are good. Mm-hmm. I had a Filipina neighbor and when we first moved into our house, she made them for us. And so I, I can relate to what you're saying. I had never had an egg roll like that before. Well, they're, they're so good. So and, good. You know, and when you're looking back, I mean, you have to think there's a thousand different islands in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So where my, my family is from, this area called Bacal, and, you know, how they do it, you can go the next island over and be like, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. No, 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 that's mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. You know, they have all their own ways. So, so did you have a family member who influenced you then, like a grandmother in the Philip, like a? Family? It was actually my grandfather. Grandfather, okay. Yes, okay. So his name is Ruben. He left us about four years ago, um, but he was very, very integral in what I wanted to do. And when I meant by the catalyst, I remember being aware of what food can do. So I remember, I think it was either Christmas. It was one of the big three, either Christmas, Thanksgiving, or Easter. But I remember, you know, big, giant family. I mean, I have 21 first cousins wow. you know, in, this, in this house, and it's just packed full of people. And everybody's eating and being loud and obnoxious, and it's a million degrees inside. And I remember looking down at the long table, and my grandfather just sitting there with a grin from ear to ear and just watching it all unfold. And I was like, I want to be that. Mm-hmm. that, that that's awesome. It made him and happy. And he's the one who cooked it all. That's the thing. Sure. So I was very excited when when I had that realization of like food is not just entertainment and sustenance, but it's also the catalyst to bring people together. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. So you said something about you went to culinary school. I did. I went to the New England Culinary Institute in Burlington, Vermont, um, and from there I moved around the country: <laughs> uh, San Francisco, Seattle, Boston, all that, and ended up here in Iowa. So mm-hmm. with my wife, mm-hmm. uh, who I met in culinary school, um, we we were kind of cool. We we're kind of, uh, you know, we did our own thing. Like she moved to Seattle and I didn't. And I moved to Boston and then she and then I finally moved to Seattle and then she moved to Iowa and I didn't. I stayed here. I stayed almost well, here. I stayed in Seattle for a little bit longer and then I finally moved out here. What did you do in Seattle? Uh, I worked at a restaurant. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was, I what restaurant? At, it was called, I worked at several. Okay. Um, but the one, uh, Lark, okay. for Jonathan sure. Sundstrom. Um, I did some morning shifts at this one little French uh, breakfast place called Le Pichet. Um, that was fun. And then um, uh, another one called uh, Flying Fish, just as on a Sunday doing their brunch. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah and... And then back, and then to Iowa. Then to Iowa. To Iowa. Yeah. And uh, what's your experience has been? Have, uh, what well, have I first like here? moved to Iowa, and I was like, oh, I'm moving to Iowa. And it was like, oh, man, it's the culinary mecca of the United States, you know. And it was very different. I've been here now 14, 13 years, 13 years. And um, it's a lot different than it was 13 years ago. So there's only a handful of uh, chef driven restaurants mm-hmm. back then. Um, and then uh, I landed and I started working for a local chef named Jeremy Morrow. And then I think within a year and a half, I was an executive chef of a restaurant called Azalea. Yeah, and I that's loved where that I, restaurant. I started cutting my teeth. And yeah. from there, I opened up, you know, Azalea, Zen Sushi, Quattro, and Kirkwood Lounge. And I was doing that. And then in 2012, I s- went on my own. And uh, I bought this little uh, lunch place uh, downtown called Proof and turned it into a dinner house. Mm-hmm. 
And a wonderful dinner house. Yeah, and it's you know seven years uh, we were at Proof. Um, you and know, you were uh, nominated Beard. for a James Beard. Yeah, three yeah. John, John uh, James Beard Best Chef Midwest. Uh, and I mean, I feel really weird. <laughs> uh, what else? Yeah. Um, and wasn't weren't you uh, Time Magazine Italian Best Time Magazine restaurant in, for two consecutive years in, uh, in Des Moines or Iowa. In Iowa. In Iowa. In Best of restaurant I- in the state, state of, of Iowa. Iowa. Congratulations. That's and then amazing. top 50 chefs in 2017 in the wow. country. So, nice. And then I just sold it in July of mm-hmm. 2019. So, mm-hmm. And you're doing a different gig now. Yeah, I got completely – well, not completely. I'm now I'm uh, the executive director um, – not executive, excuse me. Director of, uh, of culinary operations at a local uh, nonprofit called uh, the Justice League of Food where we – um, take at-risk youths, and we do culinary training, life skills, soft skills, prelim skills. That's you know. very noble. I bet you love it. I do love it. Yeah. You know, and and then also we deal. Uh, so I manage that. I manage two brands, and then I manage also creating meals for a couple community centers for hunger-free Polk County. Oh wow, great! That's amazing. So when you go home, what do you cook? Oh man. Well, right now, I have a four-year-old, so everybody knows what a four-year-old <laughs> is. One day they like something, the next day they don't. So most of the time during the week, I'm kind of, it's very simple, very, very simple stuff. So, I mean, something fried rice. Something you can get her oh, to yeah, eat, fried right? ri- I, I'll make fried rice, but she won't eat it. So, it, you know, most of the time I cook what I want on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but during the week, it's kind of like, hey, daughter, what do you would like to eat today? <laughs> And we'll try. Let's, let's spin the wheel, and mm-hmm. hopefully it works. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure Haley cooks sometimes, too. So you And it's get, the same thing. We're just sure. like, what, what well, are we going to do? You know, I read something in, uh, I think it was USA Today, you know, one of their little um, little quirks, quirky things they put in their, their newspaper about the fact that most people, like 80 to 90% of the people out there, prepare the same meals over and over and over I mean, even like at my house where we like to cook, you know, we like to explore, um, we still tend to end up cooking the same things over and over. Oh, of course, because, I mean, it it makes sense to me because you you get in the groove, you know how long it's going to take you, you know what ingredients you buy, kind of it becomes a default. So when you go to the store, you end up buying those same ingredients at all, and you open the refrigerator, and be like, what am I going to make? And it's comfortable. Well, I can make <laughs> you know? this because yeah. I only have like, you know, unfortunately, I only have like an hour or not even that. Sometimes you have like 20 minutes. So let's, sure. let's whip something together. Sure. And I can see that. And even even as a chefs and, and culinary professionals, we get into that rut too. So yeah. it's, it's not indicative just to anybody. It's, so what would be a favorite guilty pleasure? A guilty? A food pleasure. <sighs> guilty pleasure. pleasure. Or like, I mean, is there something like, do you like Burger King? Oh, or Chipotle. Oh, guilty pleasures. Man, it's embarrassing. Um, no, no, I, nothing is. You know, I I unfortunately like a double cheeseburger. Sure, sure. I, I don't From know why. McDonald's, of course. McDonald's, sure. Uh, yeah. Just that and a small fry, and I, it gets my fix. You yeah, know? I yeah. Mean, I know, I know it's, it's a fat pill. I get it. <laughs> sure. Um, it's but nostalgic. It's not daily. It's not daily. No, I you know I'd be because of house or or died now from artery, <laughs> arteries clogging. But I mean, I eat them more than you think. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah, sure. So sure. But that is my guilty pleasure. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Yeah, and the great thing about that guilty pleasure is like I can be anywhere. Sure, that's true. 
Exactly. And get that. Yeah. <laughs> so what uh, would you say um, would be your last meal? That's a really, some people are like, oh, I know that exactly. I don't know what my last meal would be. I mean, it could be breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know. Last meal, let's think. Um, well, it's a toss-up. So I love, uh, my favorite food right now are tacos. Okay. So, you know, good Some form of taco. Yeah, I love tacos. But, you know, and then there's burgers up in there, too. Um. Let's just say a really good carnitas taco with all the fixings mm-hmm. and then a side of roasted bone marrow. I'd be right that, there with you. I think you. that would be my... I could do that, too. It would be my, Absolutely. my deathbed meal. How about dessert? Hmm. A dessert. Chess pie. Chess pie. Oh, all right. Uh, you'll have to make us one of those sometime. Yeah. Bring it in. I'm a big fan of chess pie. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for uh, stopping yeah. by, and uh, good luck in your uh, newest endeavor, and uh, keep in touch. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Hey, John again, and I'm introducing uh, Haley again, and we're going to do a segment called Inside Scoop, which tells you the inside details of creating this magazine, Cuisine at Home. Today's topic, and it's coming up in our uh Issue 138? 139. Okay, I it's can't January, read that far. It's January, February. Time script that I yep. can't read anymore. <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, it's all about Chinese New Year or the Spring Festival. And uh, it's going to fall on Saturday, January 25th, and it will be the Year of the Rat, which sounds awful, but is very auspicious. Uh, according to legend, the rat is the first of all zodiac animals in, in the Chinese zodiac. And according to legend, the Jade Emperor said all the zodiac animals should come to his party. The rat tricked the ox into giving him a ride, and just as they got to the finishing line, the rat jumped off and became the first oh. of the zodiac animals. Tricky, tricky rat. But in Chinese culture, uh, again, uh, I guess counterintuitively, Chinese look at rats as being uh, signs of prosperity because if you got extra food or whatever, you you must be prosperous and wealthy. Um, and also, their reproduction rates. Uh, mm. So it, it's also a symbol of fertility. Okay, that yeah. make, makes sense. This all falls in uh, the New Year's celebration, which actually in various forms lasts the entire month from you know early January. But the official day, I think it falls on the lunar uh, new year. It does. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were so many things when I was researching this article, so many traditions and customs. And and because of the lunar new year, you know, the whole sort of month-long celebration, it changes every year when that falls. Right. And right. Uh, it's kind of crazy. There's a lot. I wish I could have gone in even deeper. But when you only have a handful of pages to work with, uh, (laughs) you know, you kind of have to get down to business. So um, I'm going to tell you about some of the dishes that we chose here for this article and why. Um, So certain foods are very traditional and are eaten during different parts of the celebration and for different reasons. Um, So I tried to choose 
uh, the foods that were the most important, at least from my research, to the people, uh, you know, the foods that were eaten the most during this celebration. And one of them is pork dumplings. Uh, and here we made our own dough, we made our own filling, we shaped them. It's very fun, though you would probably want to do it with a group of people to expedite the process. And a few people in the test kitchen tried their hand at making some dumplings. And they can be cooked in different ways too. And I thought my favorite way would be to pan fry them and steam them, which is traditional for a pot sticker. But I actually kind of really liked the boiled ones, maybe yeah. the best. They're a little more tender. Yeah, yeah, and you can also steam them in a bamboo steamer so we did all of that and we also have long life noodles this was pretty fun and it was kind of uh, a little bit uh, a little tricky to find the noodles though in further research I have found it's not necessarily one specific kind of noodle it's they just really should be long and when you're cooking them and eating them you want to try to not break them up because that could you know cut your life short yeah so um, that dish is full of ginger and it's full of mushrooms. So uh, it's really, really pretty tasty and, and kind of spicy from that ginger too. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that was, and it's so simple. And yeah, it really is. simple and so much flavor. It takes no it. time to cook. Honestly, the longest time is, you know, cutting the stems off your shiitakes and <laughs> slicing them up. Uh, so anyways, and a steamed whole fish, probably the most traditional thing in the whole menu. and. The head's got to be on, and the head should be traditionally pointing the elders in the family. Um, I'm not sure if they're eating parts of the heads. Uh, further research needs to be mm, done on that. Maybe the cheeks, I suppose. Yeah, the best part. Um, so our steamed whole fish, it has fermented black bean sauce in it, which isn't traditional. But because uh, whitefish, which is traditionally used... Um, is more on the mild side. I really wanted to kind of jazz it up a little bit. And the fermented black beans have a really kind of cool flavor to them. I mean, like other fermented products, they have that sort of similar And they tang. were the actual beans. They weren't the bean sauce. The Correct. Bean. It came sort of in, in a sauce or a liquid, mm -hmm. um, but you would rinse that off and cook it with some yeah, other things in the recipe. They're sort of fermented and spicy and wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Then we also have fried spring rolls um, or... You might know them as egg rolls, but um, they're not in the rice paper. Some people call spring rolls um, spring rolls as they're the, the fresh oh, ones, you know, rice. with the rice papers, and they're not right. cooked. Um, but these are a fried spring roll in a shiny, crispy wrapper, um, and they, they actually don't have too much filling in them, which means there's more wrapper to filling ratio, which... I kind of actually like crunchability. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then you get more in your recipe too. Well, and as you pour the sauce into it when it's broken, it holds it better. Too. Oh, it, <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. So, I mean, who doesn't like egg rolls, spring rolls? I mean, mm -hmm. I think we all do. Um, and then one that you may not be familiar with, and it's considered, I guess, the dessert here of this menu, are the sesame balls. And they're made with an interesting flour. It's called glutinous rice flour, and it's very different than your standard rice flour. Uh, not interchangeable. But they have a sweetened red bean paste inside these. Um, so you'll make the dough, you'll fill them with the bean paste, coat them in sesame seeds, and then fry them. And they have sort of a specific way that you roll them against the side of the wok or the pan that you're frying them in when you're cooking. 
Um, do they get naturally round like that in the images? I mean, um, I mean, you have or to. Or were you just that expert? <laughs> yes, I'm just that much of an expert. Well, your your folding on the wontons are just amazing. To <laughs> oh, me. thank you. Um, I mean, I do have some perfectionist-like tendencies. Yeah. Um, Mine would all look like funnel cakes if I were. To <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, the dough is similar to a Play-Doh-like consistency, oh, okay. and it's really easy. Um, you know, you do have to probably source that flour at an Asian market, but uh, the dough comes together in a flash, and it's really more the assembly and the cooking that takes the time. Now, does glutinous rice actually have gluten? No, it uh, doesn't, um, but it is sticky, uh, and so that's probably where you're kind of getting that you know the gluten in a regular flour dough would you know be sticky and build up uh that the yeah the protein yeah build up those proteins this so. has more to do with just the starches in it exactly exactly so that is the menu for this and i mean i think most of these things went over pretty well in the test kitchen oh very popular um, everyone really liked them and i don't know if any of them were considered hard um, some of them more time-consuming than others, but, uh, you know, if you want to stick your toe into the Chinese New Year waters, you know, maybe maybe just pick one thing and give it a try, but you certainly can go all out and make the whole menu. Chinese New Year is time for family and friends to gather. Just, it know, really is. Like, I mean, much more emphasis on family and filial piety than uh, other cultures. So. I mean, I read that this celebration causes the largest migration of people worldwide every year wow yeah wow. i mean because it's very home. important for people to come home yes mm -hmm. so i think most people do if they're able yeah wow. so that's yeah. cool i know i wish that i'd had more time to research this because it really was very interesting to learn all about this and uh it would be fun to talk to someone too who knows a little bit more about a little it bit more than yeah than yeah so you know, I did my best to make it authentic, though I'm sure that there are some things in here that aren't, but delicious nonetheless. Absolutely. All right, so now we're gonna play Let's Make a Meal. My name's Haley and I have Maddie and Pam here with me. And I'm gonna tell them what leftovers I have in my fridge or random ingredients that are in there floating about. And they're gonna tell me what I should make for dinner. I'm so scared. I can't <laughs> wait. All right, here we go. I've got a, a smallish list. I have leftover rice, it was jasmine. Okay. Roasted potatoes, cubed. What kind of potatoes? Okay, don't laugh at me. They were the, like, Simply Potatoes, like the bagged, like, hash browns. Okay. okay. See? We needed that detail. They were the steakhouse flavor. Ooh. And they were cubed, not shredded. Correct. Okay. okay. Um, a cooked pork chop. Mm. I'm thinking fried rice already. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, some cooked sausage patties, breakfast sausage. Oh. Mm-hmm. Some whole Brussels sprouts, uncooked. And don't laugh at this one, a cooked ear of corn. <laughs> oh, how sweet. And it's January. I know. Vera <laughs> saw them tasting? at the grocery store and had to have it. So, and she hey, ate it. It's a miracle. Bingo. All right, ladies. What All right, are we making? So I actually wrote the list. So just so I could try to remember. Rice, cooked rice. 
jasmine. Roast, roasted potatoes. So did, you said something about hash browns. Well, it's the simp, you know, the ones that come in the pre-packages in the I, refrigerated section. I do know that. Mm-hmm. And it's like typically hash browns, but now they also have like cubed potatoes. Oh, so it's like a hash brown roasted cubey potato kind mm-hmm. of thing? Yes. Okay. Yep. Seasony, steakhouse mm-hmm. seasony okay. season. Uh, cooked pork chop. Cooked breakfast sausage, whole sprouts, and cooked corn. Hmm. Ear of corn. So we better take that corn off the ear. Okay, yeah. So take it <laughs> off the ear. I think I would probably roast the sprouts regardless of what I'm going to do with them. <laughs> I want to roast. Or, oh, wait a minute. You could. Uh, could shred them. Shred them. Mm-hmm. You could make a salad with all of this, actually. That's you could make true. a killer salad. You could do shredded sprouts and then chop up the meat pieces, the sausage and the pork, and then have like a grainy um, grainy salad with it. And um, so... Yeah, I think I would take my food processor and use the shredder blade or whatever and then shred the sprouts. As you said, cut the corn off of the kernel. And the cob. Yes, the, <laughs> kernel, the kernel off of cut the cob. Cut one kernel. Um, and I'd warm up the sausage and the pork chop and cut it off of and into bits and pieces and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and then I think I would probably add a little bit of that rice in there and potatoes. What and kind make, of dressing would you put on it? Um, probably like a cider vinegar, maybe. Okay. That's what I think I would yeah. do. Um, maybe with some Dijon. I mean, that would just be my first go-to. Sure. Um, Mine would be fried rice. <laughs> sure. Fried rice. With, Anything not healthy. Well, and put the, Sorry, people. The pork chop and the sausage mm-hmm. in it, right? Yeah. And, and the sprouts. I'm sure you probably have an egg or so we could scramble and sure. put in there as well. Yep. Definitely a pantry item at my mm-hmm. house. Because, you know, fried rice, you do want your rice cooked and cooled before you do it. It makes mm-hmm. for a lot better Would you put the potatoes rice? in there, too? Oh, I'd say, yeah. why not, right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Give me all the carbs. So, yeah. So, if you want something warm and um, kind of uh, nice lead-in for... Uh, what we got it? a healthy option and a exactly. not so healthy. Well, it, this would be a nice lead-in for um, the Chinese New Year. That's um, true. Fried rice, but um, or you know me, I'm always eating a salad around here, so you are. <laughs> I'm going for the salad option. But so, how does that work for you? Did you make this with? Um, I I didn't use all of these in one thing, but okay. I did make fried rice. We had eggs at home. Yes. We also had some peas in our freezer. <laughs> Um, so those made it in there as well. And I think I made a breakfast thing. It was a sort of a grab bag breakfast at our house, and we all had different things. And I used the potatoes, the sausage, and the corn to make a little breakfast hash for myself. Nice. Ooh, it could also nice. work for a breakfast so. burrito. That's right. That's right. So anyways, uh, I'd like to invite the listeners to play with us. You can contact us on Facebook or email at social at aimmedia.com so send us what's in your fridge and we'll tell you what to have for dinner Hi, it's John and I'm here with the trivia segment called Cracked Up and today with me I have Haley and her husband Sean. Here we go (laughs) We're ready. Now as usual uh, poorly worded or uh, ambiguous or misleading questions are par for the course, to quote a famous uh, trivia program. Okay. Yeah. And, Especially uh, when they're written by John. That's right. 
But I'm going to start off because both of you guys spent a lot of time in Vermont at the culinary, right? Yes. So, we did. Uh, if didn't mean we, we got out though, yeah. If if <laughs> we call it Canadian bacon in the U.S., what do Canadians call that same cut of cured pork? Bacon. Is it? Ah, gosh, I feel like I know what it is. It's like pebbly bacon, or you're really close. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I have no clue. Well, that's all I've got. Pebbly bacon. <laughs> Good enough. It's it's pea bacon. It, it's uh, rolled in pea meal okay. after it's uh, cured. Yeah, did not I know think that. we've published that in our magazine, it's haven't still, we? Could be. Possible. Sounds familiar. I was surprised. Uh, it's still cut from the loin, and it's got a little bit. Uh, uh, it doesn't have any of the uh, back bacon on it. Okay. Uh, all right. Now for the next question: What's the difference between ordinary potato chips and kettle chips? Um, are kettle chips cooked under pressure like roasted chicken is? That's Not the answer guess. that I had. You have any ideas? I don't know. They're crunchier. It's they are <laughs> crunchier and very better. satisfying. Well, apparently, and I didn't know this either, um, regular potato chips are put into the hot oil and fried at a consistent hot temperature, whereas kettle chips are dropped in they let the temperature drop to about 250, and then they let it rise up again. Oh. And that uh, displaces the water in the starch cells or something like that and well, creates a, a crunchier chip. And, and I also think they're oilier, too. That's probably, That's probably why. That's probably true. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah. yeah, the saturation. Mm-hmm. They're still better. And now, let's see. This is probably the poorly worded or ambiguous question. Is processed sugar a necessary nutrient? Is processed sugar a necessary Like white sugar? No. I don't think so. I say no. But you do need some form of sugar, right? Yep. Right. It's not a necessary nutrient. No, it's not. Uh, But your body does need sugar in the form of glucose Mm -hmm. uh, to perform its functions. And that can come from... And honey would cover that, right? I think. Isn't that uh, dextrose? Oh, I don't know. Actually. I don't know either. I'm, I'm talking out of my hat now. Now I'm making <laughs> stuff up. <so>. Uh, <laughs> I think your body would start converting things. Though. Yeah, that's exactly so, it. You I mean, can get you necessary get sugars from, from, from milk yeah. or okay. from wherever. Yeah. Yeah. All, All right. the toasts. All the toasts. All right. And I didn't even realize this until I just reread the questions. But for the second uh, week in a row, I've come up with a candy bar question. Mm. I like candy bars. So do you. Frank Mars invented the Snickers chocolate bar. He named it Snickers after his favorite A, horse, B, dog, C, cookie. Horse? I have no idea. We'll go with that. Ding, 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 ding. Yay! (laughs) So you're kind of one and a half out of four or something. (laughs) So far, yeah. Not doing too great. How many calories are consumed on average when you lick a stamp? Uh, Three. Three? Three calories. It's pretty thin. That's true. I don't think it gives you any sugar. I don't know. <laughs> when you lick a stamp. Yeah. One remember and those, half. remember one and those half. old, old. One and a half. Yeah, now they don't. You don't you you know, who licks stamps? Now. Nobody. They're self adhesive now. Yeah, right. Are they? Exactly. Yeah, stickers that's now? Just, I don't even know if you can find them. So. I'm sure the post office will get a hold of me about that. One and a <laughs> half. One and a half is, is kind of good 
It is less than one, though. It's one-tenth of a calorie. Oh, yeah, way off. So, yeah. I, I was surprised there was <laughs> any caloric calories. value at all. But <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? There you go. When you eat the stamp. <laughs> full one. Yeah. Oh, that's, sure. Yep. That's the full one and a half. <laughs> Maybe it depends on what's printed on it. Well, you know, and you get the bigger ones. They're yeah, like three the colors. Stamps? Yeah. All right. All well, right. There's... we didn't do great, but maybe it was better than last week. Well, week's. I learned things. Yeah. We it's did. definitely more on the educational end of the trivia than you guys right. actually winning and answering well, I mean, things it, correctly. It, it, it's in the name. It's, it's <laughs> trivia. And you're like, well, you know, now yeah. I'm going to go and be like, do you know how many calories if you had to lick a stamp? <laughs> He's going to show off all his newfound knowledge. Right. Well, right. I, I deal with people that not necessarily they're young so they probably even know that you could lick stamps up right point. see that oh, was my gosh. problem last week is i was asking a lot of old guy questions that little the house con- on the prairie the co- contestants didn't mm-hmm. really know what was well they asked me the 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 hojo one. Oh, oh yeah, yeah Jacques Pepin. except they didn't get hojo in the question oh. yeah. i was like that well, was a two-parter so. yeah well good thanks yeah thanks john you bet thank you i want to play again another time another time Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom cuisine at home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com.